I am uh, tempted to allow um, the final words for my message of 2017 to go to Jason Isbell. Some of you know what's coming. Last year was a son of a bitch for nearly everyone we know. <laughs> May 2018 bring us much more love, much more grace, much more understanding, and much more justice. But I do have a few things to say besides what Jason Isbell has gifted us with, and it starts with this today. Chogyam Trungpa, who was a Tibetan teacher who was most responsible for bringing the Shambhala Buddhist tradition to the West and to America, sometimes would draw this little figure on a sheet of paper and ask a question. What do you see? Bird, seagull. Bird, seagull. Wings, mustache. No eagles. Is Nick Foles inspire that little confidence? <laughs> Sorry, my team is two and thirteen. All right, you got to give me something. Bird, yes, that's in some ways the most uh, regular answer he received, and he would say, wrong. He would say it's a bird in the sky. It's a bird in space. The illustration he was trying to get across is that so often we don't see space. We see it as empty, unoccupied, negative, not there. But the truth is, is the bird cannot fly. And none of us can move without all of this space around us. The empty space, the empty sky, we could say, actually, it's full sky. It's a possible sky. It's a sky that allows for movement for all of us. Without the empty space, there would be no possibility of flight for the bird or growth in our own lives. Many of us, especially those of us who have Western-based educations, we are taught to acquire things. I am in the midst of acquiring my third master's degree right now, actively going towards two additional certifications as an addictions counselor and as a coach. I am all about acquiring right now, which is why I need to see the empty space and the sky of possibility that is not yet filled. So many of you know that I'm doing this Master of Social Work program right now, and as of December 5th, I am officially halfway through it with another year and a half to go part-time. The most important thing I learned, especially in this last six months when I've been doing an internship, a clinical internship, as well as my ministry here in Wellsprings, as well as school, the most important thing I learned was about allowing space. I'm going to contextualize this just a little bit while giving no one's identity away. It was a group, actually two groups, one on a Monday night, one on a Tuesday morning that was running. Uh, it's called Intensive Outpatient. And the Monday night group, based on this little practice, this little intervention based on cognitive behavioral therapy, recognizing cognitive distortions, the black or white thinking, the kinds of 
ways of uh, conceptualizing the world that actually get in the way of movement and growth and spaciousness. Wow, that Monday night group could not have gone better. I walked out of there that 9.30 that Monday evening feeling, I got it. Tuesday morning, walked in there, it's going to go smoothly, swimmingly. And it was an absolute freaking flop on Tuesday morning. Could not have gone worse. One of my clients actually said out loud, you got to, I mean, it's an internship. You don't really got to pay for feedback like this. This sucks is what they said. <laughs> and maybe it was the success of the night before that set me up for this inner terror and panic I was feeling. And I just tried to find all these ways to make it work and it didn't work at all. I just kept trying and trying and trying. And it was, you know, my internship's gone well, but it was my first real total flop. And fortunately that night I had my class, my practice class, and I brought it to the practice class, and I brought it to my social work supervisor, and I brought it to my task supervisor uh, at my internship, and they all said the same thing. What would it have been like to just admit how much it was failing? <laughs> to just stop it and say, guys, all of us, this isn't working. So because life is gracious to me in many ways, uh, about two and a half weeks later, I had another flop. <laughs> and that time I stopped. And I said, this isn't working, is it? And the conversation opened up all this space for where they were and how I was. And, you know, the lesson I need to learn over and over again, which is the lesson that I think most of us need to learn, is it's not all about me. This sucks is different than I suck, although if you tell me this sucks, I will interpret it immediately as I suck. <laughs> That's not the way things are. For something new to emerge, a new awareness, a new way of being, so often we must not acquire more or something else. We must allow space, release, relinquishing. This is such a hard lesson for so many of us because we are trained in subtle and obvious ways, many of us, that if we do nothing, we are nothing. And if we are nothing, then who might love us? Where might we belong? But the challenge for so many of us is learning this lesson, it certainly is for me, that when we live our lives accustomed to defining ourselves simply by more activity and then we want to change our lives, adding more activity on top of the activity that is there, very often that will not get us where we want to go. Not at first, at least. Not in terms of opening up that space for growth and renewal. I think it's really valuable at this turning of the year to ask ourselves, I don't know if you're a New Year's resolution person. I, I, I stopped making New Year's resolutions a long time ago because I failed and flopped at so many of them. But I do have New Year's intentions. But the thing that is helpful for me is before I cultivate any new intentions in the new year or at any time of the year, the thing I've learned to ask myself is what do I need to release first? What is kind of clogging up the spiritual arteries? <laughs> What's taking up space that doesn't need to be here? Neil Donald Walsh, who's a writer about spiritual matters that some of you know, and I know for some of you is quite important too. He said, yearning for a new way will not produce it. 
Only ending the old way can do that. You cannot hold on to the old all the while declaring that you want something new. The old will defy the new. The old will deny the new. The old will decry the new. There is only one way to bring in the new. You must make room for it. And so today, that's, by the way, what that cracker and poster are about that you're all holding in your hands. We like to do a little ritual here at New Year's like we did last year. I saw some of you before the service actually handed out the letter some of you gave me at the end of that service last year in which you wrote down because some of you looked, looked at me really blankly saying, what is actually in here? Well, the thing you wrote down last year was the thing you wanted to hold on to throughout this year. You know, if you open up your letter and you find that you held on to it, you affirmed it, awesome. If you didn't, today's a new day. If you look at it and you say, what the hell was I thinking a year ago, then let it go. (laughs) Today's practice, what the cracker and the paper are for, are about what the great poet of our tradition, Mary Oliver, wrote. She has this line where she says that this and these and us are what saves the world. Those who choose to grow thin to a starting point. That has absolutely nothing to do with the body shaming commercials that you are going to see over the next week. (laughs) Growing thin to a starting point. I love that language. It asks us what do we need to make room of, room with in our hands so that the new may come to us in time. At this turning point of the year, how can we make space by our release? And so this is what we're going to use to make a little space ritually today. A little fire and a little water. The fire is, I would like you in just a moment to write down something on that sticky that you are ready to let go of. That does not serve you anymore. I'm not saying today you're going to get rid of it. I love what the teacher Pema Chodron says, the difference between affirmation and aspiration. Affirmations don't work for me. They just feel like more judgment. They just remind me how much I'm doing it badly. Affirmation, she said, is like whispering in our ear that we're great, when in fact there's a torrent of screaming the other side of our head that says you suck. And aspiration, however, is about creating space for what might be in time. So I'd like you to write down. If you have a pen, you can grab some around the periphery. Maybe some of you can share with those of you who brought writing implements with you today. I'd like you to write down one thing, one sentence, one aspect of your life, yourself, that you are ready to release, even if you don't know how yet. That's the meaning of ritual. We don't know how yet, but we set an intention and an aspiration. And then, although it's cold outside, I'm going to ask you to come outside with it and burn it (laughs) in a tub outside as a way, as a signal of your intention to let go. The cracker, that is for you to take home. You can eat it if you want, but that's not really what it's intended for. It is to practice something from actually the tradition in which I grew up, Judaism. It's a practice called tashlit, which roughly translates into casting your bread upon the waters. It's done in that time between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the holiest time of the Jewish calendar. And literally, what they do is they cast their bread upon the waters. Again, a ritual of letting go, 
after you've written that thing down and after we burn it outside, I would like you at some point over the next week, take your time with this one. If you find an unfrozen body of water <laughs> to cast your bread upon it or just cast it on the ice, it'll melt eventually or flush it on the toilet. Do whatever you want with it. <laughs> We're open to many interpretations in this tradition. Cast your bread upon the waters. Open that space in the heart that is ready to let go, even if the letting go doesn't happen immediately. So I'm going to ask you right now, write down what you wish to let go of. When you exit today, come outside, we'll burn it together. Take your saltine, cast your bread upon the waters. See how you can, see how we can, all of us together, open up a little bit more space in our lives, in our hands, and in our hearts in this new year. Amen. Happy almost 2018. May you live in blessing. Ask if you would pray with me, even if you're still writing. Breathing in and breathing out this divine breath, this spirit. We're taught over and over again. Our bodies already know it, even if our minds forget it all the time. That there is no fullness without emptiness. There is no capacity to share without spaciousness. There is no giving without receiving. As we move into this new year, which is in many ways just another day, but a point in the year where we are collectively facing and focused this transition of living our lives in time. May we allow space. As the bird in the sky knows, it is already there. May we not close down or close out or close off, but release so that we can open. Be rooted so that we might once again be receptive. Happy New Year, my friends. Amen.